Welcome everybody to the Swan New Podcast. This is episode 180 of our show. I'm your host, Khalif Adams, and I am joined this week and every week with my man, my mellow, the smooth kind of fellow, the man who makes everything look Chicago, because he is Chicago. It is Cicero Holmes. How are you, sir? Man, uh, thank you. Like, I I guess I've, I, I have fully embraced this city as my own. But yeah, I guess I'm making Chicago look dope because uh, we're giving it a little bit of swag. Uh, mix some New York swag with some Chicago swag. That gives us Chicago swag. That is me. I am here. It's, I it, exist. it's interesting because I had a really good conversation with Feminista Jones on uh, Twitter this morning about how New York bagels are the best bagels on the planet. Of course they are. Of yeah, course they are. It's yeah. I, I'm still trying to figure out if the, the if they're are really good bagels in Chicago. No, when I go, wait, are there aren't there aren't any good bagels in Chicago? I mean, so there there are bagels in Chicago, and <laughs> there are bagels that are passable. You know, I mean, uh-huh. it's, it's it's like pizza, right? You know, um, there are places where you can go and you can get pizza that's good. Right. But it's not like, you know, the best pizza in Chicago is run of the mill pizza in New York. So in, in the same way, the best bagels in Chicago are bagels that you can pick up just about anywhere in New York. And then the best bagels in New York can't even be touched. They're not even part of the same conversation. <laughs> it's like it's a different food group. Oh, God. When, Get off the microphone. When, when compared to, when compared to Get off the microphone. I know hush food, Joe. I know food. Hush your face. Hush your face. <laughs> Rounding out our trio this week is not Sharif Jackson. Sharif Jackson is doing real life shit. He's playing IRL on Twitch, but doing it in real life. Uh, so he is not on the show this week. But... We have, and we always do, bring you dopeness every week. And we're going to have returning champion, Supreme Dopeness, from I Need Diverse Games, Tanya DePass. How are you doing, Tanya? I'm good, Khalif. How are you? Chilling, chilling, chilling. I'm super excited that you are here. Um, what are your thoughts about Chicago food? What What is the staple, non-pizza staple, that is that is there in Chicago that people should definitely rep super hard? Garrett's Popcorn. Oh, okay. Oh, what? Yes. Yeah. 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 That's really? a, that's a that's a thing, yo. That is a thing. I like, feel like I need to. Br- I feel like I need like I need a taste sampler. Yo. So like, I mean, you can you can. I think you can go to like garrettspopcorn.com. But it, so like, they have stores where they pop the popcorn fresh, and okay. they have like the caramel popcorn and and the cheddar and all that. Oh, you know, all the all the good stuff. And it is like you know. At some point in everyone's life, they get the tin. You know, okay. the, like everybody knows what I'm talking about with the tin. Yeah. And yeah. You, you're just sitting there and you're murdering that tin. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is like, this is like the tin heaven. This is, this is like you've, you've reached, you've reached evolutionary status. You've, you've, uh, you've evolved. You have definitely uh, ascended. When you go to get get some Garrett's popcorn, yeah. Yeah. So if yeah. I whenever I see you again, I will try to bring some. Although it's not the same getting in the airport. Right. Right. Yeah. All right. I have to actually just come to Chicago. Yeah. Come it's to Chicago. It's about time yo. I've made that trip. Yeah. I need to make that trip. I gotta go. I gotta go see y'all and and, and run around and, and do all the Garrett's popcorn thing. Yeah. I want to get popcorn Nirvana in my body. Yes. You do. You, you do really that. do. Just don't come in late August because then you will cuss everything and life and us 
for being in Chicago in that heat and humidity? Uh, yeah, I have not been back home for, I haven't been back home during any parts of the hot season. Uh, so I am not excited about going to any other city <laughs> that has tall ass buildings when it's hot as shit. Yeah. So I'm not excited about that at all. But um, I am excited about last week's show. Uh, we had a great episode with the folks over from the Sea of Thieves team. Yeah. Uh, Joe and Mike are fantastic. And thank you, everybody from Rare and um, from the, from that team for, for bigging up the show and sharing it out on social. Um, means a lot to us. It definitely is something that our community definitely did notice. Uh, so thank you and shout out to them. Again, Sea of Thieves seems like it's going to be uh, fantastic. Um, and I'm super excited for it. Um, but this week, we have lots of cool stuff to talk about. Um, I kind of want to open up the floor because last was it last week. I'm running like time is running yeah. so fast now. <laughs> time lo- time is a flat circle. Time is a flat circle. <laughs> Don't come in here with some shack bullshit. <laughs> oh <my laughs> Talking about the Earth is flat. Right. Um, but G Doc happened uh, right after E3. Yes. Um, uh, Game Developers of Color conference uh, expo, I should say. Um, and we weren't able to go. We definitely watched some streams, um, cause they did a great job of streaming that stuff out. But Tanya was actually there on a panel doing dope work as she usually does. Um, and kind of want to dig into, you know, what are some of your thoughts about the conference and what were some of your experiences and kind of share with the rest of Chicago, how everything went. Uh, it's my first time getting to go. It's the second year that the event ran. And it was great to go because it was so nice to be in a space that was just folks of color, a majority folks of color, which is the polar opposite of everything else I go to in the industry. Um, You know, (laughs) to walk in and see your people and by your people, it's like all the brown folks. Um, And so that was just really affirming to to be in that space. And, you know, I got a chance to see people I, I usually don't see other than like, you know, PAX or GDC. And I got a chance to spend time in New York. So, mm. you know, I got a chance to be in Harlem. I'd never been to Harlem, never been to Schomburg Center where it was held. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, Kat and Chris and um, Vegapedia, and I'm messing up his actual name because I've called him Vegapedia for so damn long. <laughs> the Jason. Yes, thank you. I have called him Vegapedia for so long. He is now with people. I forget his actual name. I don't know Rokashi's real name anymore because I just call him Rokashi. It's Royale. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I know it, but I, I'm like, I never call him by his actual name. I'm like, Rokashi. I don't think, I think either way he'll answer to either one at this point. <laughs> or just, just just yell Sonic. He'll turn his head. Um, oh my God. It's so true. True. Um, got to see Manver Air, um, you know, uh, Skull de la Creme, all the cool folks. And, and it was just good because there, there was good content and it was um, spread across to all experience levels i think it wasn't just all hardcore if you've been making games for five ten years you'll get something out of it there was everything from micro talks to launching your game to talking about diversity from the perspective of people of color talking to other people of color um so so that was that was great and i hope that next year that it it can expand a couple days because Mm -hmm. there was so much crammed into that one day i felt like we could have kept talking for just hours and hours after every panel Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of a lot of great games being shown. You know, Beat Down Treachery and Beat Down City by Sean Alexander Allen, um, Card Witch by Bloody Bee Honey, and I can't mm-hmm. remember Ro- Robert's name. Um, so you know, all these games that you've seen, you've seen snippets of, you've seen a little bit of coverage of. It's good to like get your hands on it. Um, Art Challenge by Jared Huntley was there, mm-hmm. and just all these great games by people of color, and it's just 
get to sit and talk shop with folks and you don't normally get to do that yeah it's the the cool thing about and this is the thing that i really wish that i was a part of uh being there physically and you miss it from being on the stream is like there is just this vibe when everybody's in the room Mm -hmm. you know what i mean oh like like when we when we were at the um uh, blacks and gaming event at gdc like i have been away from blackness and mass for a while since i'm in portland and just being in that room with that many folks just you soak it up and you're just like oh man why isn't the space like this more there's so many fun smart really dedicated folks in the space why are we not doing this more often it kind of like that kind of conversation we had at the show and then gordon 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 bellamy was was having during his talk too do you feel like that was a thing that when folks came away from the event that there was um some kind of want or plan or idea to do other events like this that are not just during that particular event kind of spread them out in wherever folks are, are at or does it feel like this is going to be the the be all kind of spot to go to when when we want to have these kinds of stuff for us i don't think it'll be the be all spot because i know a lot of people come away from that feeling inspired yeah and you know not everybody can get to new york not everybody can get to the west coast for like gdc or or pax or whatever's going on um so i think a lot of people came came away from it with ideas but as we know, we can have all the ideas in the world, but if you don't have the funding, you don't have the time, you don't have the backing, yeah. it's hard to make it a reality. Because straight up, if, if Xbox hadn't been a sponsor and they hadn't been able to help with speaker grants, I might not have been there. Mm. So, Shout out to Xbox on that. Yeah. And, you know, they really came through and they came through, like, you know, for other conventions and other conferences. But we shouldn't, I, I just feel like we shouldn't have to always have that like last minute clutch sponsorship. Not that's what happened with G Doc, but you know, like that one big sponsor that can kind of make or break your event. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's always people trying to do stuff, but there's you know, a lot of stuff can't come through without the time, without the polish, the execution. So I know other folks would love to be able to go to something similar closer to them, but not everybody has the resources or the time to put together their own version of G Doc. But but overall, uh, it was an awesome experience. It was great watching on the stream. What did you think of the Schomburg Center? Um, did, was you know how much of that was open that you were able to explore? Um, a lot of it was open. We had most of the first floor, okay, and then some of the games were also on the second and third floors. I think nice. Okay. Um, so so the games were pretty spread out. It was a chance to kind of wander around, wander around Har- Harlem. Um, and for me, cause I'm, I'm from Chicago. I've been in New York several times, but never got up to Harlem. It was just really cool to be in that space. And that's really what kind of, you know, it brought it together and it gave it, I think a gravity that other places may not have given it, which, you know, mm. could just sound like total, you know, faux gravitas BS, but, <laughs> but, you know, um, I was talking to a friend of mine once I told her it was going to be the Schomburg center. She went right. Really? Yeah. Huh. So that's cool. So I was like, okay, it's going to be the Schomburg Center. This right. is going to be a different conversation than I thought. Let me go with you. Right. Well, I mean, that's, the, you know, I mean, part of the part of the thing is that, you know, the, the Schomburg Center is like the place for ultimate blackness. Like it, it's, you know, like it, it's, if you're, so like if you are going to do a thing at the Schomburg Center, it's like your cred has already been checked. Like mm. the fact that you're having it there 
vouches for what you're doing. It's almost like if you say that you're performing at the Apollo. Right. You know, like, oh, okay. Oh, you must really be dope if you got into, you know, like you're going to be on the stage at the Apollo. And that's, you know, and again, another Harlem staple. Um, But but like the Schomburg Center is uh, before and even even more so than I think than than the the African-American Museum, the Smithsonian African-American Museum. This is the museum for black America. Like this mm-hmm. is the museum for for uh, you know black excellence in in the arts and and historically um, and you know in our in our uh, you know not only our legacy but but uh, but the the inspiration for future generations it, it it's it's housed there. And yeah. and so I think I think it isn't false gravitas to say, oh, well, you're going to do this thing about colored folks uh, in the Schomburg Center, then oh, it must be legit. Yeah, I can't front once once Cat uh, and the rest of the Brooklyn Gamery crew announced that it was going to be in the Schomburg. I was like, oh shit, right? Like my my, I was like, oh wow, like that's dope, y'all 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 are moving moving things in in a even bigger direction than even we imagined for your second go around. And I was like, holy crap, that's super cool. I, and now that you said something at the Apollo, I was like, ooh, maybe that would be a thing somewhere down the line and like hosted in the Apollo or some craziness right, right. like that. But if your game uh, is whack, Sam and Sims comes out with this giant game. <laughs> no, see, if your game is whack, I just see Sean Alexander coming out and he doesn't even right. do it. Right. He's tall. Right. <laughs> I love you, Sean. Don't yell at me. Oh my God! I want Sean to have the hook. Sean's so tall, though he doesn't need the hook. He just like reach over and like yank you off the stage, grab you like Dalsim. Oh my God! Why you? Why you gotta go? Yo, imagine G Doc, and every time you come on the stage, you gotta rub the log, or people boo you before you before you show your game. Oh, be so dope! That would be so fire. Cat, please make it happen. Oh, Please man. figure uh, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Brooklyn Game remake this make this a thing. Oh. I will try to figure out. I'll get some money together. I'll chip in. Fuck it. I'm down. Oh. We'll, we'll my, get my, a, my question. We'll get a we'll get a GoFundMe going for next year. Right. Oh my god, that'll be so good. So my question is: the thing I always worry about when we uh, when we have events like this that are that are you know PLC centric and especially black centric is that we will have folks who are not black and not PLC. Uh, enter the space and not necessarily give it the um, respect that it deserves. Do you feel like, or, or I, I guess not. Do you feel like, were there anything that you saw that felt like, you know, folks who maybe not, who, who are not POCs who kind of enter the space, didn't really give um, the event the respect it deserved. Did, did you see a lot of folks who were non POC at the event? Um, I actually didn't. And it was weird. It was like the few non POC folks I knew were folks, were the folks that were there. Right. Um, so it was really good being in the majority for once. Yeah, I said it, folks. Y'all can right. deal. Um, <laughs> um, there was only one thing. It actually happened during the panel I was on. We had time for Q&A. And somebody asked one of those questions where I was like, did you just say what I thought you said? Mm-hmm. Like, it was it was just one of those questions where I was like, let me repeat this back. Let me make sure I got it. Right. 
And then somebody, some white dude in the front row, like, started yelling from the audience. And I was like, hold on. I got this. I, this is not audience participation time. <laughs> I, and he came up and, and said something after. But it was just like, dude, you are not on the stage. And I don't know if you just couldn't tell if I was having that, let me parse this. Because I know what I heard. But did I actually hear what I heard? Right, right, right. Um, that was the only moment, and it was like this very weird outburst from the audience. Um, but other than that, I did not see a lot of people being disrespectful. I saw a lot of people like, you know, they were they were in their spot. They were quiet. They knew it wasn't their mm-hmm. lane. Um, mm-hmm. They listened. They took notes because not every panel had time for Q&A. Um, right. But all the questions were good. Didn't really see or hear of anything. Um, there was a weird Twitter interaction I had after um, where somebody was – Kept, they got on this thing about how many non-POC they saw in photos from the event, and I was like, "Whose photos are you looking at?" <laughs> there were there were there were photos from like Murray Hill or something like that. I don't know, but I was just like, <laughs> "Well, it was like one. I don't a. I don't know what photos you're looking at, and b. The way that I got grilled by this person because they got real stuck on Asian American men and their representation. Really, those are POCs. Yeah." But they were that was their lane, they, they that was their hill to die on. Okay. Okay. And you know, they were like, Well there I didn't see any Asian American men and I was like uh, there were plenty there. I was at, and this person wasn't there. That's what got right. me. Oh, and and so finally okay. I was like, A, I was there. B, there were plenty of Asian men there and on panels. Um, right. Let's not forget one of the organizers. Okay, is, right, right, <laughs> right, right. But then they turned around and said, "Well, what's the numbers?" And I was like, "I was an attendee. I don't actually run everything having <laughs> to do with diversity in games." Did in, in you have your little clicker? I was gonna say. I was like, "Did they have someone at the door who was like uh, uh, black, Latino, right, right, Asian man, right. black, Latino, well, I mean, Asian man?" On the on the post event survey, you could respond to that if you wanted, but it was like. Hold on, where, where, anywhere did I say I was involved with putting this together? And that, like that hill you want to die on, is not the hill right. to die on with me. Yo. Um, so that that was like only my weird kind of. But this segment, and I'm like, still people of color. Right. I don't know why right. why this is your moment, but let it go. Right. I guess I, I asked that specific. Uh, let me let me jump. In yeah, 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 yeah. I, I guess I asked that is because we know just how Harlem has changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and Harlem now, like you have the we've always had looky lose in Harlem <laughs> through through. Yeah. Looky lose is like the, you know, the folks who just like peek in and right. be like, you know, through the tourist system that they have in New mm. York with the double decker buses. Right. And right. let's look at Harlem through this kind of like right. zoo filter. Exactly. Gotcha. OK. And I, and I always wonder if especially when you have an event like this in Harlem, if folks came in. Who again? Like I think it's cool. We 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 should all be in the space to to be able to at least engage in the conversation and have people who may not necessarily be uh, attuned to what we're trying to do in that space, so they can kind of learn. Right. Uh, but there is that other kind of voyeuristic part of it sometimes, where people are like, "Why are all these brown people here in this one space? Why am I not here in this space? Why is this space not here for me too? I want to be in this space, and I'm like, yo, calm down. You don't need to be in this space all the time. So I was curious about that uh, well, going, go, going into the event. Well, there's also the everything doesn't have to be for you or about you. And if we can get right. to that point, I'll be so happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's totally it. See, yeah. I know, I know you were going to jump in. No, no, I was just going to say that um, next year, uh, as we're dropping suggestions for um, for G Doc uh, next year, I think that one of them should be 
that at the turnstile, um, when you're when you're <laughs> when you're entering, uh, there should be giant jars of jelly beans of all sorts of different colors, and you just take one. You take the jelly bean that best represents you, and you put it in a bowl, and then that way. If someone approaches you, Tanya, next year about <laughs> about, you know, the representation, you can just you can refer them to said bowl and yeah, make yeah. them count. And right. Then if right. They get the they right. get the number right, right. They win a prize. That's that's correct. They, if they if if they get if if we get them, if they get it right, they get a fidget spinner. How you? Go- oh, oh <laughs> Cicero. You don't hate, get it. I hate you. I hate you with every fiber of my being. That is not right, Cicero. I, I saw. I saw on Twitter yesterday there was an advertisement for a movie. And yes, if you bought a ticket. Yes, Valerian. You, yes, Valerian. Yes. yes. If you bought a ticket for Valerian, they would give you a fidget spinner. What? Yo, I was so done. Like I was on board for that movie until I saw that fucking ad. <laughs> okay, hold on, the- hold on. Time out. Let, yes. Let's have a moment about fidget spinners. Because I, 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 get I'm off kind my of fucking lawn, loop. yo. I'm kind of off. I'm kind of out of the fidget spinner loop. Okay, I'm still trying so, to figure out why this is a thing. Okay, so real quick, because I will. I, if you get if I you let me on the soapbox too long, you have to like drag me off. Right. Okay, we'll time box it. You got <laughs> right. two minutes. Okay, right. so fidget spinners. The idea being, they're for someone who needs to stim. If they're autistic, if you need something to do, like focus your energy on something, because like people don't realize this. I'm a very fidgety person. And a lot of times when people have them, it's like to have something like the people that always are clicking pens or folks that normally will like, maybe you carry a stuffed animal. You need something to do to focus your energy or something to do to like, to be in that moment and and center yourself. That is the whole point of a fidget spinner. However, they've gone quote unquote mainstream. Everybody thinks it's a cute little toy. Now kids that don't need them, adults that don't need them, think it's just something cute to have. And so now the people that actually do need them are being stigmatized and, and ignored because you need something to focus, you need something in your hands or whatever it is, or like if you're if you have anxious energy, nervous energy. Um, so this whole fidget spinner thing, I, I really resent the fact that it's now like this this geek culture joke. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, so I didn't even know that there was an offer for fidget spinner for Valerian. Not that I was going to see the movie anyway, but that has really kind of kind of soured me it's, even more. It's got a V on it. So, it was super gross. It, is, it was like a promoted tweet yep. in my feed. I was like, "What? Yep. The, what kind of terrible it, it, shit is this?" It's like when you see it's like when you see um, ads with with AV in it. Yeah, I mean, well, that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what happens. That's exactly what happens. When I saw when I saw a nipple, I saw a nipple ring fidget spinner. What? I was I was like I'm, I'm, I'm out. Word. I was like I was like I'm out. I'm done. Yo. I'm do, do out. What are nipple you? rings work? Wait no, a shut minute. up. See, don't be asking where, I, where I go on the internet. Yo, shut exactly. up. I, shut up. Look, Yo, that's a dark up. corner. <laughs> even I don't want to be in. But I'm just saying, like as as someone who has nipples. Just I mean, I think we all have nipples. Yeah, wait a minute. I mean, <laughs> hey, you don't have. You don't have. <laughs> you know what I mean. Okay, hey, it's this female with nipples. I can see where that was trying to go. <laughs> I think we broke Khalif. I don't appreciate how you're trying to corner the nipple, nipple market. Right, exactly. <laughs> Are you okay? I think y'all. I think we broke Khalif. I think we yeah, broke him. Uh, uh, 
But you know what I mean. It was just like nipples and nipple things that that are pierced through the nipple do not work that way, y'all. Like that. Like I just want to cringe right now thinking about that. It's. I don't think it's a nipple (laughs) ring. I think it's one of those nipple shields. It's a. It was probably like the Janet Jackson. Oh, that's even worse. Yeah. Right. Oh, ow. Oh, my God. Ow. Well, as a easy transition from out of G-Doc conversation into Doomfist conversation. (laughs) Does he does he have nipples? They only know. show one, as I as I saw on Twitter. Overwatch that left was fantastic. Nipple. Yes, that was fantastic, cool. actually. Whoever whoever put that tweet sequence out, that was that was actually really funny. Oh Captain, my god, Captain All Left Nipples. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm so broken now. I'm, oh I'm, just, I'm so broken. So um, Overwatch. <laughs> oh Overwatch, and it's funny because oh. I'm wearing an Overwatch shirt right now. Oh my that. god! All right. So oh. Overwatch has finally released their long-awaited uh, kind of character that everyone has been kind of poking at and being like, yo, we need this character. We know what's coming out. What's the deal with Doomfist? Doomfist is finally out. Um, he is a pretty pretty awesome-looking character right. as far as um, the design goes. Um, I haven't had a chance to play him because I've kind of been out of Overwatch for for a while now. Um, I just haven't gotten back into to to the game. Have you? Have you? Have either of you kind of gotten back into Overwatch or have stayed with Overwatch? Uh, Tanya, I'll let you answer <laughs> that first. Okay. Um, I actually just got in Overwatch like three weeks ago because oh, um, I was in the beta test. I was in the closed and open beta, and it was cool because there wasn't as many people. Mm-hmm. And then when the game opened, I was like, oh my. God, this moves too fast. Um, oh, okay. And like for a while, I couldn't even watch people stream it because it just moved. It was so frenetic. Um, but now they've got like if I play a tanky character or something that is not super speedy, I can actually play for a while. I still need to like do it in short bursts. Um, but I'm still very new to Overwatch. But I'm I've been burned out on Overwatch fandom except for certain ships. Um. So I saw it and I have thoughts, but I'm gonna let Cicero go first because I may start yelling. Okay, <laughs> so I play Overwatch um, the same way that I like visit a restaurant that I like, um, where but the food is too rich. It's like going to a barbecue a barbecue joint. Um, I really love Overwatch when I play it, but then I let it go for a while, and and then I just develop a taste for it, and I'll go back and and play it. So I've. Um, I have I have played it within the last month, but I played it like one day for two hours in the last month and uh, well before uh, Doomfist was announced. So I haven't even seen him in the character sheet. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so that's where I am. Tanya, you've got feelings. We want to <laughs> know. You've got feelings and you have nipples. Let us know your feelings. <laughs> And this will be the episode that gets show right. Oh. Tanya has oh. nipples. <laughs> so, oh, my God. <laughs> and they... F- Never mind. That was going to go even too far. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, um, so, so, on the subject of Doomfist, I saw him, and I was like, okay, so you get another black character. Cool. Right. But then, he's punching his way out of a prison cell. 
And he's like this big black dude. I mean, I'm glad he's like in his 40s. I think his age is 45. 45, yeah. But so we finally got like this big, you know, strong black dude in his 40s. But he's a villain. Mm. He like murdered the fuck out of Tracer in his in his origin story. Right. Um, but also just the way the fandom has already reacted and just the overall community where I think it was hours before I started seeing like porn content about this dude, but it wasn't like, oh, this dude's hot. It was the Mandingo trope. It was the giant hulking black man that's coming to ravage me. And I was like, I'm going to be back over here in my corner. Right. (laughs) I'm going to be in my corner with Arisa and her Mac and be pure because I can't mess with (laughs) y'all. Like this, this has scared me within hours of this dude. But um, a few people I follow on Twitter brought up the fact that, you know, He's a black dude. He's strong. He's overbearing. There's all these tropes about him. And he's also a villain. So we get Lucio, who's like the, he's Afro-Latinx or Afro-Caribbean, which a lot of people forget. Right. We have Orisa, who's the child genius. Mm -hmm. And then we get this dude. Um, And I know people. He's Nigerian. Right. He's the African. So like we have a lot of characters of color, but a lot of them fall in tropey places. Yeah. So I want to see how he plays. I don't have the, the public, uh, release candidate version that you can get on PC. Um, I, I'm I'm excited yet leery. I'm excited because, yay, another character, leery because of the overall community. I think that, um, at least from the Kotaku uh, article that we, we sourced some of our research from, um, I'm, I'm sure you, most people, when they say where they got their research from, when they do the dissertation, they're like Kotaku. Right, um, right. <laughs> <clears throat> so he seems like an up-close uh, up kind of brawler. Um, hence yeah. the big fist, and um, he does kinda, have he, has, he does have like a projectile projectile move. yeah projectile stuff that he can do. So he does like a, he's kind of like a combo a combo player. So he's like a little bit of mid range long range with his with his projectile stuff, and then the, his bread and butter is <clears throat> his his kind of up close combo uh, style with his with his large fist. Um, I, I mean, I feel like in the and I haven't played him yet, so I can't really talk about how he would fit in team comp stuff. But I feel like he would be a great. Um, close the gap kind of player uh, to be able to kind of push the payload uh, forward by kind of being the frontliner if you're into MOBA uh, kinds of terminology and being the person who soaks up a lot of damage and kind of does all that stuff. I think on the cultural part, <clears throat> yeah, I think, yeah, it, it's it's weird and hard not to at this point when you don't see a very large black character, black male character, to weirdly, in our even in my own mind, put him in stereotypical roles especially if you do that and it's hard it's a weird hard thing to balance out in my own brain um where i'm just like well why why did why do you have to make him that version of this character but i will say after looking at and thank you for sharing the links that you have on um on your twitter i mean on your tumblr tanya because you have one of the dopest tumblers anyway um there was his biography that I think was really interesting. And I think, and I hope that people, when they think about this character, instead of thinking about the kind of um, fetishized versions of him and the, the Mandingo versions of him, that fandom will always seem to run to first, which we all kind of know. I think if you look at his actual backstory, sure. He's a, sure. He is a, a, a uh, villain, but I think that one, they show that he's from this well-regarded Nigerian family. They are kind of in the same vein as the Black Panther crew. With we, they basically run uh, a technology company, or they are very akin to technology. Um, they talk about him being highly intelligent and, and charismatic. 
Um, they talk about him knowing martial arts. Um, and, and what are some other things that I, I'm kind of paraphrasing and, and digging through some of his stuff? Um, it, it, it feels like even though the community wants to, to, to tropify him um, because of the visual parts that you constantly always see, there is this weird balance, right? Where it's like, what is the visual that you are conveying in comparison to the lore that is always behind the character, which I don't think a lot of people, unless you are really lore specific and you like lore, are going to poke at. Mm-hmm. So it's like Blizzard has to do a good job in the way that they convey him as a character going forward. Because his initial piece, I think, Tanya, and maybe you can speak to this. Did you feel like his initial kind of, because uh, they do those videos for characters when mm-hmm. they first come out, right? Do you feel like that first video plays more towards his bio or to the kinds of tropes and kinds of um, stereotypes that we consistently see uh, coming out of um, game companies when they, when they introduce black characters. Oh, I think his, his video totally was tropey because, you know, he is physically aggressive. He is literally punching his way out of a cell. And, you know, now granted I saw it, I watched it a few times and I haven't put like that deep of an analysis on it, but a post that the post that I share with you People brought up the fact that, you know, he's a mercenary. He didn't survive all his time with being a big, dumb brute. Right. You know, the way that he analyzes the battlefield and takes everybody out, that's not something a random foot soldier is going to do. Mm-hmm. So there's a tactician to him. There's there's a lot more to him. But, again, at the core of it, Overwatch is a shooter. And right. a lot of people, unless they're, they are participating in the fandom side, writing fic, whatever, they're not going to get deep into that lore. And that's not going to come through because how many people saw that trailer and went off and had their their hot take or whatever and then didn't even know that his profile was up, his bio was there. Mm -hmm. Because someone commented back to me, I was like, I watched the video, I read the backstory, these two don't seem to meet in the middle. I guess guess my question is, and maybe I'll ask this one of C, is um, do you feel like, and and, uh, do you feel like, Maybe even in our spaces, sometimes we don't give the credit to like they they took the time. Blizzard took the time to fully kind of flesh out the character in the lore. Right. But they may have come up short in the initial visuals uh, that they kind of gave to the community. Do you feel like sometimes we're a little bit um, too easy to kind of jump the gun? And and say, well, look, there are two versions of this character that are out. And like Tanya said, the observation of the person that she was um, that she had observed on on Twitter saying how they didn't necessarily meet in the middle. Do you feel like sometimes we're giving a little bit too much energy to the observation as opposed to what the actual developer is trying to convey? Um, and does that and does that matter in in this particular instance? So in all of that, yes and no, right? So like. Ah oh, man, um, that was so, a good question by me. Yeah, that was that was uh, it was a lot of words. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so this, is, this is what happens true. when we get him up early. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, I haven't had coffee and shit yeah. yet. So, so, um, so yeah, there are definitely times when um, fandom will jump the gun, and and actually, I would. Personally, I would lean to the side of saying 
that I think fandom jumps the gun too much. Um, and that that we as a society, especially as a, as a society on social media, have uh, lost the art of patience. Um, mm. And and, you know, and that's there's a there's a good and a bad thing about that. And, you know, everyone's running out to give their hot take so that they could get the most retweets or the most likes or, you know, whatever, whatever the reason may be. Right. Because they think they have the most clever thing to say about a certain thing and they want to make sure that they get out, get theirs out first. Um, so, the, so there, there definitely is that aspect of it. Um, but, but there is another aspect of it. I, I, you know, I think back to almost a year ago with the release of Deus Ex Mankind, uh, or was it human revolution? Oh, that uh, was, was the that apartheid or, one. Mechanical yes. Apartheid. Yeah. The mechanical with their mechanical mm-hmm. apartheid. Um, that, that when you, so, you know, there was a lot of uproar with, with, with their use of that coded language. Um, and, you know, and they, they of course knew when they, when they chose those marketing buzzwords, they, they were, they had to be cognizant of the type of evocative speak that 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 those words uh you know kind of brought out of people um but when you actually got to play the game you saw that if you took the time to go through the stories and the and the side stories and and what have you um you you got to see that there was lots of care put into um representing the the apartheid part of this mechanical apartheid in a thoughtful way within the game, but it wasn't part of the mainline quest. It wasn't part of the thing that the majority of players got to see um, mm. and got to experience. And if you guys haven't played the game and, and kind of want to get a, a, a sense of what that's like, go to our brother Sharif Jackson's wonderful series, Gaming Looks Good, on... Uh, Deus Ex Human Revolution and uh and and you'll you'll get a sense of that. Um so w- with regards to uh Doomfist with Overwatch, I would say that th- the writers took a long time to flesh out this character and if you're into lore, if you're into finding out about these characters um and and understanding their backstory you did get a sense of all of those things from that specific character, but you'd have to go out and find that. If you were okay with just watching the video, like if that's what you want to do is see that there's a character there um, and maybe watch the two-minute animated trailer, and those animated trailers are are beautifully constructed, um, then the story that you got about that character and your feelings about Doomfist are very, very different, much less nuanced than the bio that they've developed for them, for for him. And Blizzard, you know, who, you know, whatever the division is within Blizzard that is responsible for uh, pushing out those those trailers, approving them, 
and you know storyboarding them and and doing the animated trailers fully you know knew full well what his entire what you know what his entire bio was but that's what they chose to to show visually as a representation of who this character was and that was a conscious choice so so the the full you know the full 300 400 word bio is the out like oh no we don't think the character is just this trope but what they show of the character is just this trope and um you know back to what tanya was saying about the mendingo you know that the, the, the mendingo fetish porn that they put out again i like that's i would have to blame blizzard you know like yes i blame the blame is blame is a hard word to to use i think is a harsh word to use but uh for lack of a better word i blame the people that are creating the fetish porn but it was you know it was the low-hanging fruit that blizzard put out there or or you could say the low low-hanging strange fruit that that blizzard put out there um because of the fact that they created this big brutish black uh you know nigerian african uh character so if you're going to make fetish porn cuz you know this fetish porn for just about every other character in that in that game the the first place you go with the big black dude is the big black dude with the big black dick like i mean you know like why where else are you going to go you're not going to go and and create some you know beautifully uh romantic and passionate uh just like you know passionate porn with this guy you're going to create you know mandingo fantasies because he already looks the part so so you know blizzard blizzard did that yeah please well, send all respectable porn too <laughs> right right well, but 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 here's the thing though there are going to be people who do write and create the romantic the fluffy stuff sure sure but they those are probably the black fans who feel left out anyway right those right. are going to be the black fans that are like okay i got doomfist i got reaper two men of color i can finally put together canon can go fuck itself right. but this game is actually giving me two characters of color, two dudes I can ship, or, you know, mer- I don't know all the characters that, like I said, I've been playing for three weeks. Right. But, you know, there, there's a large fandom contingent that is going to be happy for that and happy for that representation. And I think a, a good thing for us to remember, especially me after, after stuff that I've written, is that no matter what we see in it, for someone, that's going to be some great representation. Yeah. We may not right. agree with it. Right. We right. may not agree with it. may go, ooh, right. he's, a, he's a big old trope. Right. But for someone like some black dude who's like big and whatever, he mm-hmm. may go finally somebody who looks like me, somebody who's my age in right. this game. Because right. like I'm in my 40s. I got no shame about saying that. And so it's like we finally get a character, a black character that's in their 40s. Yeah, they're a villain. But at least they're, we get this little bit. Maybe we can work on the rest. Right. Well, I mean, the good thing, the good thing about Overwatch is it doesn't really matter what the the virtue of the character is in terms of whether they're a hero or a villain you create their virtue now you know obviously the lore is the lore is the lore mm-hmm. but when you're when you're playing 
the game and you're playing as the character, uh, unless you're as you're playing as the character within as you're playing as the hero, because they're all called heroes, right? They're not called heroes and villains. Mm. So um, as you're playing as that hero, unless you decide as you're playing to role play as that character, then you're, you know, you pro- you project and and uh, the the game scenario helps you to project whether or not that character is villainous or heroic. So, mm. you know, uh, and if you're role playing a, a person with a huge fist and still thinking about porn, you need to maybe take a step outside and go hang out for a bit and just relax. <laughs> that or you need to go find some some instruction manuals because let me tell you Look, look, I'm just I'm being legit. I'm just playing. I'm, I'm, I'm just playing. No. We grown. We grown, but But that's what I'm, but that's what I'm saying though, is that for some people, a lot of that content is a place where they may see sexual content for the first time. Oh yeah, true. And when you see folks that don't know that lube exists and that dude in his fist, <laughs> I'm just saying. This is my Whoa. favorite episode of Spawn on Me wow. in the four years that we've been doing this show. Wow. But this is this is almost Spawn on Me after dark. But it's <laughs> we're, but we're close. A, we're close. We're close. We're close. We're almost there. Um, hey now, there, there, oh, <laughs> there's shit. a couple. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> oh, such you and you window. Um, uh, the the thing there's a couple of things that I want to kind of wrap up with with on Doomfist stuff is um there the I'm kind of stuck on the villain part right and mm-hmm. it reminds me and I'm looking at just like I'm a I'm a nerd for tags on posts and stuff so I'm looking at the 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 Tumblr site and one of the tags <laughs> says angry big black dude angry big ball black dude and it makes me think of <clears throat> just how fucked up racism is right Khalif. In the respect, are you well, just no, now realizing that? I, I, I had a light, I had a light bulb pop over my head, right. but it's but it's but but in the terms of the fact that we have to figure out and manipulate conversations about how even if this character is an angry black character, that we cannot own anger, like we don't we're not allowed to own anger as a normal right. Right. Uh, right. Emotion. As a, right. As as that a, we are right. allowed to in, in, exhibit mm-hmm. uh, and share and evoke and emote with, without it being connected to the stereotypes around anger that have been placed upon us. Right. That right. that part to me, just as a general thing, it's it's you know you can't do anything about it. Not really. You can talk about it. You can fight it. And you can kind of uh, have the discussion about it. But if people want to continue to look at you as that kind of that stereotype and as that trope, you can do very little to kind of combat it. But it sucks that we have to constantly have to f- find out ways to mitigate it. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, that's, even even in the characters that we that we play in video game spaces, that's that. I mean, that's the thing about about black folks in general and popular culture and in society in general right. is that. We don't get the benefit of nuance. We right. are like, you know, that that there is we are simplistic by by just by nature that if 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 you are if you are seen being angry, 
you are the angry black person. And and it doesn't matter if you're holding if someone saw you angry ten minutes ago and ten minutes later they see you playing with a puppy licking an ice cream cone, you are angrily hold, <laughs> licking that ice cream cone and and you know, petting that puppy, maybe gently, but there's anger in your face, in your eyes. I can see it. It is just how big there. is how- how big is your fist while you... While right, right. My, I mean, my fist is huge with no lube. Um, and and there's, so there's, there is there is that, like, there is that lack of... It is something that we all need to overcome. It's something that, that as a society, we all need to overcome. This, this, this belief that because of some inherent rage that that black folks and animosity that black folks harbor um because of the way that we've been treated especially within this country um for for centuries doesn't negate the fact that we are just as normal as the quote unquote normal americans and that People look at Rush Limbaugh. Rush Limbaugh sits and screams on on the radio for five hours a day, but no one would look at Rush Limbaugh, you know, eating an ice cream cone and petting a uh, uh, a puppy and say Rush Limbaugh Rush Limbaugh is still angry, you know, angry Rush Limbaugh. And even even then, they would just call him angry Rush Limbaugh. They wouldn't call him angry white man. If I get angry, I'm not angry Cicero Holmes. I'm an angry black man. And that's that's I would that's the reason why even when we have the conversation uh I want to I want to swap out the word normal with human in some aspects. Right. Cuz it's like we're not allowed cuz what the fuck is what the fuck is normal, right? right? Right. Right. But I always want to I always want to be able to give us the ability to be human in all aspects. Sure. And that's the hard part is when you again, like when you fetishize people and when you uh, you put them in these in these boxes, you you remove the ability for them to be able to do that in both virtual spaces and in in actual human spaces. Well, Tanya, Tanya, wrap up the the last part. Well, it was funny because I was just talking about this the other day. Um, So I saw somebody talking about Watch Dogs 2. And they were they were going on about why does this game have to remind me that I'm black? And and what about police? (laughs) And I was just like, well. Let me, I don't want to spoil the game for you, but there's a reason. Um, but it, it just reminded me of the ways that we cannot have a nuanced conversation about race in general. Race when it comes to who's making games, but also race in games. Because, you know, you get Watch Dogs 2, you get Mafia 3, you have Virginia, you've got Battlefield 1. Right. And you see all of these people that flip out and they go, but but why? This doesn't make sense. But yet we never question why this white protagonist, who's usually the ultimate Mary Sue has whatever powers he's got you know or his wife girlfriend sister kid whatever has to get killed for his man pain we never question that we don't <laughs> interrogate it what it's true yes that's yes. why the term fridging comes up yes. um, right 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 so uh so you know we can't have a nuanced conversation about that because people a they aren't ready but like you said Khalif, we don't get to just be human we don't get to simply exist Right. And everybody needs this dissertation long reason why why is Marcus the hero? There's no black dudes like that. And I'm just like half the people I know are just like Marcus. Right. Um like <laughs> I'm minus, talking, minus the parkour. 
Minus the parkour. I mean, I'm talking to y'all. Right, right. You know, like, we know Sharif. We know right. we know all these people. Like, right. these are people that we know. And, like, when I brought up the, uh, you know, the microaggression that happens in, in Watch Dogs 2. Yes. People like, I never thought of that. Because you're never forced to confront it. Right. And right. and that's the hard part is that, you know, you're you're not going to have this uh, nuanced conversation anytime soon. Because you, you get the people who want to have the conversation. They get frustrated and they go, you know what? Fuck it. I said my piece. I'm out. And yeah. then you, and then you have the very loud minority who's like, "Why I gotta be a black dude? Why why you gotta have police in there?" It's like, because uh, life, right, right, right. <laughs> this is what we gotta deal with every day. Suck it up. You can still go be white outside. I don't get to change this. Right. I mean, there's a couple things we learned today. We learned a lot about <laughs> <laughs> about fetishes and about hands and. And mandingos and all that stuff. And so nipples, and <laughs> nipples. Um, um, I I, ex- I expect there at least to be one uh, AVN category for like best Doomfist at, <laughs> at, at some point uh, later on in whatever the year it Look, is. Look, my year. friend joked about Bad Dragon getting in on that already. So oh god, oh, Jesus Christmas, good lord, that's a perfect way to go right into our break. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break. Uh, This is episode 180 of the Swallow Me Podcast. We'll be right back after this. I'm Tom Lockney. And I'm Liam Sr. I really like video games and internet culture. And I like movies and TV. And every week we research a true story from our preferred mediums and tell it to the other person. It's super fun and it's great. And even when it gets a little intense, we find the last in it, damn it. Lots of learning, lots of laughter, sometimes bummers, but lots of friendship. Media majors. Every Monday on the Major Cast Network. Hey there, listeners. I'm Ryan Miller. And I'm Matt Amberg. And we do the Zero Hit Points podcast every Wednesday. Every Wednesday. So if you got a need... A need. <laughs> for video games... For video games. Take a trip over to ZeroHitPoints.com. That's a lot to ask. We'll see you there. Okay. Hey, what up, y'all? This is Macedonia of Radio B-Sats, both sides of the surface, and you are tuned in to Bracago's finest, Khalif Adams. Cicero Holmes, Sharif Jackson, this is the Spawn on Me podcast. Hey everybody, we are back from our break. This is episode 180 of the Spawn on Me podcast. Man, that was a dope-ass discussion before the break. I think that we have at least laid the groundwork down for lots of other discussions about Doomfist and representation and about a whole bunch of other subjects that probably will not be on this main show. Right. <laughs> but it, may be on, it may definitely be on some other show stuff that we do in the future. Um, uh, one of the cool things that came out uh, in the past couple of weeks uh, was the Splatoon 2 uh, reveal of a new character, uh, Marina, who, from what we can tell, is of the octopus persuasion. Uh, but there is a lot of conversation on Destructoid about whether she is more than that. Um, C, I want you to kind of jump into that. Yeah, so um, my cousin, my play cousin, uh, Jonathan Holmes, uh, penned a great article on uh, Destructoid. Um, and, and it really kind of speaks to the, those things that are in the back of your mind 
that you don't realize that you're thinking about until you actually get to see them. And then you're like, hey, wait a minute. And uh, so he saw the reveal for Marina, the new uh, Splatoon 2 character that they just introduced. And she is, she's got, if Medusa's head was octopi, octopi tentacles, um, then that's, that's Marina. Um, but Marina is also brown skin. And, and so Jonathan Holmes was like, oh, wait a minute. Did just, did Nintendo just announce their first black Splatoon 2 character mm. um, that will have, you know, because it's part of Splatoon, um, will potentially have Amiibo associated with her. Um, and, you know, and, you know, and all the accoutrements that go along with being a character in a Nintendo game. Uh, and it, it's been really interesting. It's been a really interesting conversation, really great article that, uh, well, you know, we'll post in the, in the, in the, uh, in the show notes, but basically the, the name of the article is, uh, Marina from Splatoon to Nintendo's first black leading lady. And one of the points that, that Jonathan brings up, which is a thing that, that I never really thought about until he actually brought it up was that. There are 133 Amiibo. This is the first Amiibo that will be released with someone with a dark hue. With, you know, with a, with a, a brown skin tone, a, a decidedly brown skin tone. Um, I know that we've, there have definitely been uh, think pieces uh, and and articles, um, maybe maybe some penned by people that are um, on this show right now um, about about some of the characters within uh, the, some of the villains within the Nintendo um, gaming structures through Nintendo's properties that the characters that the the villainous characters seem to be darker toned. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and darker skinned. But here is the first time that we're actually getting a hero outside of any. I could even argue that he was a villain outside of Mike Tyson from Mike Tyson's punch out. That is uh, that is a hero that you you'll be able to control and play with and and see some kids say, you know, when they're when they're cosplaying or when they're uh imaginary playing these games outside of off of the off of the console that they want to be this person um so uh tanya i'm gonna go to you first because i know that you spoke to jonathan directly um after he after he wrote this article about your feelings on this um what are your feelings on this you you feel like this is nintendo's first black leading character um do you, you know, how do you feel about the black and brown amiibo and, and actually being able to to have one in your home? Um, do you feel he was accurate in his perception of what he what he viewed, what we all witnessed? Um, I don't actually. And, and he and I had a, a Twitter DM chat about it because he pinged me. He was like, hey, I referenced your mic piece about Twintel. I want to know your thoughts 
Um, and for anyone who's followed me more than a little while, you know that I'm kind of over ever talking about Twintel again. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I don't agree because she's not human. And for me, it falls into the trope of coding non-humans as people of color. Yeah, she's got brown skin, but she's a squid or an octopus or whatever she is. Um, so for me, that fell into that that box, that trope of a non-human character being given brown skin and thus coded as black. Um, and honestly, as, as much as I never, ever want to play this game, even if I get a Switch, I would say Twintel because she's actually human. You know, she's got a backstory. You know, I don't agree about her hair being weaponized, but... I would say she would be a black character, and, and I don't... Arms is a fighting game, so I'm not sure what would constitute a lead character. Um, but I, I, on that level, I disagree with Jonathan. And I, and I told him that, and I was just like, dude, for me, it doesn't ring true as a, as a black character. Um, you know, you know, I'm a big Dragon Age fan. Right. And when we saw... Just a little bit. Right, just right, a bit. right. <laughs> look, you can look behind me and see. Um, <laughs> but like when we got Vivienne... Uh, Madame DeFere, and she was unapologetically black, you know, dark skin, nothing different about her other than she's got magic. And yet, you know, people f- ignored that. They ignored her blackness, ma- villainized her. So a lot of times when we get a character that is not explicitly a villain, a hero, the the canon or the way people interpret the canon will villainize a character anyway. So I would argue that she's not the first leading lady, first okay. black character. I would argue that cool, she's brown, and for people that are really into Splatoon and really into the lore, that's fine, but, you know, she's also lower class. She's, like, whatever this underclass is that is a really poor allegory for, like, being marginalized to me. So I I don't read her as that. I read her as a, an attempt and a one that fell very short to, to say, look, a brown person, but she's also underclass, and she's this and she's that, but she's also not human. So it didn't work for me. No. Uh, Kyle, what did what were your feelings on? Uh, do you do you agree with with Tanya? Um, do you agree with Jonathan? Do you have an opinion that is all your own? Never. All right, I never have an opinion that is all my own. <laughs> I crib everything from the internet. Um, actually, one of the things that I, when I read the piece that actually stood out to me had had less to do with the actual character itself. But I mean, it's a it's it's connected tissue, of course, because they created it on the Nintendo side. But it was there was a really cool thing that he said, and I want to kind of quote it. He says, um, I've talked to a lot of people who've worked for Nintendo, and when it comes to race, they've all said the same thing about the company, is that they don't want anything to do with it. And so that doesn't mean that Nintendo doesn't want anything to do with minorities. Rather, it means that when it comes to their games, Nintendo wants to stay out of the race conversation as much as, much as possible. Not unlike how they wanted to avoid the, quote unquote, being political with the Tamagotchi life. Uh, in the gay marriage book. That to me is the most uh, kind of poignant point about Nintendo's dealing with any of these parts of the conversation, right? They have one character that they had, you know, if, if, if this character does specifically come out as a amiibo, like you were talking about, she would be another brown skin character. They have another one that is a palette swap of a different character right. who is also brown. It's one of those weird things where it's like you want to touch the culture, but you also don't want to touch the culture. We see that in a lot of conversations around how Japanese culture looks at blackness. 
uh, I am not as versed in those conversations as, as many other folks who are way smarter and more involved in them than I, but it is a thing that is constantly there. We've talked about it with, you know, Street Fighter and, and a whole other bunch of other games in the past before. But it does kind of bug me that Nintendo has kind of had it kind of made this character and it's 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 always one of those things where it feels like they are always trying to lean up against things and then when people kind of bring up the realization about it and you can see it in her lore that one it's unfortunate that we have tied that particular lore to people of color in some weird way like there is that part of it that where, where was the part of the conversation that you talked about um that it might resonate uh, so the uh, the fact that she's also an octoling, octoling, a minority race in Splatoon lore who are forced to live underground by the ruling class inklings uh, might allow her to resonate further with people of color. That Even in that part of it, right. it feels like the part of the conversation that we talked about before, right? It's like right. these things that are always attached to this segment of the population right. in human form that we see connected to in digital form, right? And we always know that there's there's uh, uh, analogies and there's always kind of um, uh, connective tissue there too. So I don't know. It's hard. Do I just look at this as like another addition to the roster? Sure. Um, I also know that it always benefits people when they see any any character that looks like them in in hue when we don't see that often at all. So I'm kind of in this weird push state where it's like, you know. As long as they don't have her ass rapping or some shit. Right. I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> See, now that you, you know said I mean? that, now that you said yeah. that. Because right. yeah. she's rocking the headphones and, and, and it's like, uh, like that's right. a, right. That, those are the step parts. away. Right. Those are the parts that I'm always kind of like, don't just don't don't hit that part. Like if you're going to leave her as being milk toast, mm-hmm. leave her as being milk toast. Right. right. Like don't add the other things to it that would then specifically attach you to 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 black culture, but then you want to back away from it. Right. You know what I mean? So like, those are things I'm really kind of just worried about. And we'll see where it lands. Right. This in, in, in addition to, you know, going back to the Doomfist conversation, at least I will give blizzard the, 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 the acknowledgement that they, once they do hear uh, feedback from the community, they do seem to have a longer tail on their conversations about where they want their characters sure. to go. And they have, from where they from where they started, do seem to evolve or at least pull their lore back into it. We saw with Zario, we saw with Tracer, we saw with other folks. Nintendo doesn't do that at all. No. They're just like, this is what you got. Right. This is what it is. We'll let you decide what you want that character to be, which can be good and can be bad. Right. So that well, who knows? So uh, and, you know um, the it this this conversation about this specific character kind of like you said goes back to the previous conversation that we had about Doomfist in so much that Nintendo is a company whoever was responsible for character design and you know and uh, the background of this character consciously made a choice to make her part of the minority group and then consciously decided to give this character a dark dark skin tone but then they're out is as as a rule nintendo doesn't talk about racial dynamics and and what have you but it's clear as day that this was the feeling that they wanted to evoke 
was that this was a black character. Um, and um, I don't know if that was a negative or a positive or, you know, or, or somewhere in between. It, it, and it is very funny, uh, the, you know, how Japanese culture deals with black America specifically. Um, you know, and, and I think Japanese culture has a very, very complex um a very complex relationship with with western specifically american culture to begin with um because they both both fetishize uh embrace and vilify um our culture you know almost within the same in the same sentence um because we were their oppressors we were their destroyers 60 70 years ago and, you know, and people haven't forgotten. Um, but then at the same time, they fully embrace Western culture, uh, Western pop culture. And and, you know, and, and clearly, objectively, the best parts of Western pop culture are uh, are the parts that come from black culture. So the hip hop scene in Japan, very huge. The b-boy scene in Japan, very huge. Jazz has a life all its own in Japan. But blackness in Japan is still like you. You will still see in art caricatures the you know, the mammy, the sambo caricatures, you know, not to the extent that you would you would have seen them in classic American culture but you will see things like that within uh Japanese culture that when you look at them you're like yo I've never seen a black dude with lips that big or you know, you know what I mean like those types of things those types of things will still happen um and they you know and they don't they don't necessarily like they don't have the history behind it to for you to say that it's deliberately malicious but it is but it, it definitely is like they you don't necessarily have the excuse to say that you can be unintentionally ignorant of how that imagery reads across you know across the ocean <laughs> Here's the other part of that real quick before I let Tanya kind of wrap up is oct- octopi can change color. They can color shift. Yeah. Why couldn't they make the color? Why could they make the character color shift as a way to then not have to deal with that part of the conversation? Unless you were looking for that character to represent right. in, in the, in the, you know, the human analog of what that is. Right. It makes sense. Right. Like it makes sense to lore, it makes sense to the the character to make their to make them color shift, and they don't have to. But it's like if you don't want people to come at you with these discussions, because we should come at you with these discussions because they're reasonable discussions. Then you can do that through your game design and through your art and through the design of the characters. It's not like if you're gonna pull from nature, pull from nature. Right. You know what I mean, Tanya? Any any last thoughts on 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 Homegirl? Um. Home Octopi. Sorry. (laughs) Look, she she could also just be on a plate. Like I like calamari. So wow, wow, damn! You I'm just go, saying you could go 
so many different places with that one. Holy shit, Tanya. I was talking about food. Hey, Tanya. Wow. <laughs> Look, you messed me up with the Doomfist conversation. Right. We just went off the rails. Right. Um, okay, but okay, being being serious though. Right. Um for for me it's like you're trying to do you're you're trying it's like the people who want a, a cookie and a pat on the back for doing the most basic shit. Mm-hmm. And it's like sure. Look at us. We made a brown character. Aren't you happy? And, you know, there's always going to be people that are always happy with crumbs with, look, there's a brown character. And they don't look beyond the surface. Right. And for for people that aren't looking beyond that, that's going to be great representation. Look, I finally got a brown character in this game I love. But for the folks that are like, hold on, um, did you look at the lore? Did you look at the fact she's this, this, and this? You're You're going to have to do better. Because, again, like I brought up, if you wanna if you wanna play in that sandbox, you gotta go all the way. You can't kind of half-ass mm-hmm. it, like Deus Ex, what they did with the oh, Ogs lives matter, but but no, it's up to the player. That's bullshit. Right. You, it's like if you're gonna go in, go all the way in. And if you right. if you're not gonna fully go there, you're not gonna do the work. Then be prepared for what you get back from the fans, because people aren't just blind consumers. Most of the part, they're gonna go. You know, this isn't okay. Or I bought this thinking X, but now that I got the game, it's F, and y'all just y'all just messed everything up. You know, yeah, right? Hashtag responsible lore. Thank you. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you can do it, but you got to go all the way. Well, it's, it's not. It's... I wouldn't even say hashtag responsible lore. Hashtag responsible research and responsible development. Mm, responsible response. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, make sure make sure you fully flesh out your your idea in a way that is not and i'm not and and i want it to be clear that i personally am just not like i need everything to cater to me right right because i don't think that's what i I don't think that's what most people who are on this side of the 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 social justice the social justice fence are specifically asking for it's literally just be honest about your intentions and literally say what you mean and mean what you say well I mean, and real quick about the whole, about catering to me, it's like, I'm not asking for catering. I'm not asking for special treatment. I just want to be seen as a whole human, like you said. I would like to be a lead character and not have to have 50, 11 reasons why I get to be that lead character. It's like, um, my character's a black chick. She's queer. She's whatever. And that's just how it is. Moving on. Let's get on with the story. So. Right. Well, again, um, again, like. (laughs) That is why I respect and and give props to Ubisoft um, because what a fucking 180 they were able to make between the original Watch Dogs and Watch Dogs 2. Um, you know, Marcus was a character who was fully fleshed out, who happened to be black, and he leaned into his blackness and they did it in a very realistic way. And they, you know, and uh, like you would have never predicted that's what they would have done um, based on the shitstorm fucking trash dumpster pile that was the original Watch Dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to them. There there have been some companies who have been making some fairly decent strides. Oh, yeah. Kind of trying to oh, yeah. get themselves and right, right their wrongs from before. Um, and it's been nice to see some of that stuff. I think we've got to give props to, to the folks who are doing that work and trying to get better. Um, before we round out the show, before we end out the show, I have to give a huge shout out to the folks from Toast Made. 
Um, this company, if you're not familiar with them, they are based out of Portland, which I did not know until we had some conversations behind the scenes. Uh, but if you're familiar with their work, they have been known to make really dope phone cases. Um, and they are made out of real wood, which is super cool. Um, it's super cool. Uh, so they're made out of real wood and they've transitioned not only to doing, um, kinds of, you know, your iPad cases, your laptop cases, uh, and phone cases to doing these really cool veneers that go on your consoles. So it's like, if you wanted, uh, like a really dark, uh, beech wood or I'm sorry, a, a beech or a birch wood, uh, kind of veneer for your console, you can actually get one. So they sent out. Uh, a sample to to me that I'll, I'll put some some pictures up on our Instagram uh, soon once I lay everything down. Um, but it's cool. It looks like it's on my PS. It's on my PS4. Uh, it has like our our old logo on it uh, in in like etched into the wood. And it's it's a really cool concept. Um, it doesn't take that long to apply stuff. I I, I put some stuff on uh, my other PS4. Um, that sounds weird to just say my other PS4, um, but my other PS4 and tested it out and then removed it just to see how easy it is to come back off if you don't want it to be on there. And it's just as easy to put on as it is to take off. Um, and it feels and looks really cool. It doesn't add any extra weight to your console. doesn't seem to really do anything on the heat side for your console, um, which is something that you always have to worry about because you don't want to cover up any vents and you don't want it to, to mess around with any of the stuff that may uh, keep your console ventilated. Right. And it's a really nice change, uh, besides the actual kind of just normal matte black uh, that we have for uh, the PS4 and stuff. So they have them out for uh, PS4s, PS4 Pros, Xbox One, Xbox One Ss. It even have it for the Nintendo Switch and for your dock, which is super really? cool. Wow. Yeah, it's super cool. It looks like they, if you do a, a Nintendo Switch and dock, it's thirty nine bucks. If you do a PlayStation 4 or the Pro, you get it for 50 bucks. Or the Xbox Ones, you get it for 50 bucks. If you want them to be custom, where they put your logo on on the kind of top side of it, those are 80 bucks. So, um, so yeah, hopefully, um, I missed the chance to go to the actual studio to see how they do it and get some video because I was just sick and, and a whole bunch of other stuff happened. Uh, but uh, once all that stuff is put out there, I will definitely share that stuff out on uh, our social channels and on our Instagram page so you can see what it looks like. Uh, so again, thanks to the folks over at Toast Made. Uh, thank them so much for, for, for shooting us over a sample of what they can do. And I'm, I may I may get a new one with the new logo on it because I, I think our new logo would look even cooler on this kind of stuff. And maybe I'll get one for my phone because I need, I need a case for my phone. So anyway, check out those folks at uh, toastmade.com. Uh, uh, let them know that we sent you over there. If you go and peep out their stuff, uh, shoot them some messages on Twitter and all that good stuff. Uh, and before we get up how out do you of here, sp- how do you spell that? Toast as in toast made with bread. Okay. T O A S T made.com. So before we get up out of here um, again, Tanya, I got to thank you for, for, for taking that third chair, taking, taking that third chair and rocking with us this week. I got to say shout outs to you. Cause that was a dope, 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 dope conversation. Oh, you're so welcome. This was fun. And, you know, I get a chance to talk about stuff that I don't normally do. And I get to do it with my friends. So I love it. Word. We love you. Word. Word. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Share out your social media business for folks before we share the show stuff out. So for folks looking for me, you can find me at Cypher of Tier. That's C-Y-P-H-E-R-O-F-T-Y-R. Or you can find me over at I Need Diverse Games. That is on Twitter, Twitch, 
Patreon, Tumblr, uh, Facebook, and a quick plug for a project I'm doing, which is an anthology, um, focusing on the stories of uh, people of color in the industry. So if you are one of those people, um, the anthology submissions are going until August 15th. You can go over to cypheroftier.com backslash marginsantho, and that link will be in the show notes with all the submission guidelines and everything else. And yes, it is paid for your work. I'm not going to take money for, I'm not going to take labor for free. So yeah, that is a thing I'm doing. It'll be out in 2018. That's dope. What? Big thing. Published author. Oh my gosh. Wow. That's going to be dope. That's going to be so dope. Yeah. And I'm Um, looking right at you. So I hope that you send an essay. You know, I can't read. Right. Why you got to shut me out? Uh, shut me out on 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 the show. I can't read or write. You know that. We gonna have a conversation when we're done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna dictate it into my computer right, and see if it works. Right? Yeah. Dragon. Dragon's natural. Naturally speaking. That should never work for me. Yeah. I got of course. Yeah. Of course speaking. not. Of course not. It didn't like. It didn't like AAVE. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's because that's because you thought it was drag on. Nat- oh, I hate you. Oh, I hate you. That was a good one. That I you walked you. right. You opened that door oh, wide open. Fuck. You set him up. I, I really. I, him down, yeah. I was like, "Hey, can you translate translate this to DMX? Right. <laughs> can you translate this to Swiss beats? Right. All right. Anyway, give the folks social media business, please. Uh, social media business is as follows. You want to follow our show? Go to Twitter. At Spawn on Me. You want to follow us individually? Our info is right in the bios. You want to follow the show? Go to iTunes or uh, Overcast or NPR One or Google Play, uh, Google Play Music um, or whatever your favorite podcatcher is. If it's a place where you can subscribe, make sure you do so. If you can um, rate and review, please also do so. That helps a lot. And of course, share it with your friends. Uh, you want to check out this episode, uh, previous episodes, you can go to esn.fm slash spawn on me or spawn on dot me where this episode and all of our archives exist. And if you have a question or comment or anything that you want to make that is more than 140 characters, make sure you email us at spawn on me podcast at gmail dot com. <laughs> How you say it, it makes me laugh. I can't, I can't stop it. Anyway, thank you everybody in Chicago for listening this week and every week. We love all of you. Thank you so much for supporting us. Uh, shout out to uh, Portland Monthly Magazine for featuring us. Uh, that was super awesome. Uh, definitely check that out if you're in the PDX nor- uh, Pacific Northwest or in Portland. Go get a copy of that. Uh, you can see us uh, up in there repping Chicago super hard. Um, and to thank you again, everyone, for, for checking out the show. Uh, let us know what you think. Shoot us some emails. We definitely want to see. We have some ideas for new things that we want to do in the end of 2017 and beginning into 2018. So uh, we'll need your help on formulating those ideas. So till then, we'll see you all next week. Peace. Peace. Peace.